Hey, and welcome to the 12 Stone Church Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time to be a part of today's message. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, and deepens your faith in Jesus. Enjoy the message. So let's stay in that spirit of dependence upon God. Bow your heads for a moment. So we say in our own soul, Holy Spirit, teach us today. Awaken us to the things of your kingdom. Where we do not understand your truth and your ways, enlighten us. Where you have already spoken clearly, speak again and empower us with faith. For there is none like you. In Jesus' name, amen. It is good to see you. I'm glad you're here. In fact, you should say that to the people around you at all the campuses. Even if you're 12-stone home, online community, just look at somebody around and say, I'm glad to see you. It's glad to see you. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Happy you're here. Uh, yeah, and listen, I think I thought about it when we were worshiping, and it just went through my head, so I'm just, you know, do what I want. Like, I, I should say, are you ready? And y'all should say, bring it. Like, I'm like, like, we should have a new tradition. One of the teaching pastors should get up here and say, are you ready? And y'all should say, bring it. Yeah, so, so let's try it. Like, all the campuses, 12 Stone Home, online, everywhere. I'll say, are you ready? And then y'all say, bring it. Now, you can't go, bring it. Because that's that, nobody's going to bring anything with that. So, you ready? Are you ready? Bring it. See, that, that's, that's inspiring. All right, and of course, God brings it. So let's jump right into the question. Here we go, right off the top. No fanfare, no introduction, because I think this is almost always on our mind. How do you handle hard to impossible things in life? It's inescapable. We'll all face hard to impossible things. So how do you handle suffering? How do you handle things when they don't go your way? Uh, I just did a little research for us uh, on inflation. Won't that be inspiring? Gas is up 44%. Meat is up 9%. Milk is up 15%. Eggs up 38%. Baby food up 15%. Airfare up 27%. Real average hourly earnings are down 3%. Well, that, that's less than encouraging. Inflation is 8.5%. If you're 55 plus, if you're in my world, that is eating away at your future. By the way, we're having a party tonight for 55 plus. If you if you listen to this in time, I listen. I'll really feel bad for you if you can't come. If you if you if if you're like, oh, I can't make it tonight. I'm so sorry. You're gonna miss out on so much fun. It's gonna be so meaningful. 6:30 tonight, Sure Love Campus. Uh, if you hadn't jumped in, just. Text 55 plus star standard 37748. But you know what? The market is not helping our retirement. House value. Oh, that's going to be the backup plan. Well, that's gotten more unstable. Interest rates are fragile. And I, we could just keep talking. I, friends divorce, and man, that's painful. Some going through infertility. Man, is God ever going to help us? Last spring, a 12-stoner named Lisa was diagnosed with lung cancer. So sad. And you wonder, does God, 
<laughs> is Jesus still healed? Last weekend, 12 stoner named Scott. Man, just great man of God. Snellville campus. Had a stroke last weekend. I mean, fit, healthy, godly man. We're all praying for Scott to be healed and he passed last Sunday. Such grief. And losing someone. It's painful. And you wonder, why didn't God heal him? So how do you handle hard to impossible things? It's a real, real world question. And that, that takes us into the story of Jairus. Now some say his name is Jairus, but it, we're going to just go Jairus in Luke chapter 8. People of Capernaum, they, they thought Jairus had just a, a really great life. That everything's good because he was, he was well off, he was well known, all is well. But he, man, he had his own burdens and suffering. So that takes us to the Jesus Storybook Bible. Let's, let's look at it together. There once was a little girl who didn't get out of bed one morning or the next or the next. In fact, she didn't get out of bed for a whole month. She's very sick and no one knew how to make her better. Jairus was her daddy and he loved her. And one day he was sitting by her bed holding her hand, wishing there was something he could. I know. He said, I, he jumped to his feet, put on his coat, kissed his daughter, ran down the steps, 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 past the servants out of the house, through the gates, along the road, into the town, up the steps, 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 and into the temple. He fought his way through all the people until at last he found who he was looking for, Jesus. Jesus, he said, falling at Jesus' feet. My daughter, he pleaded, please but he didn't need to beg because before he'd even finished speaking, Jesus reached out his hand and helped him up. I'll come at once, Jesus said. Jairus' eyes filled with tears. Jesus was coming. It would be all right. In those days, of course, they didn't have ambulances, so they had to go by foot. Jesus' helpers knew that, that he would heal the sick girl, but they must hurry. If Jesus didn't get there soon, it would be too late. And the story goes on in Luke chapter 8. Jairus is suffering. It's over his head. It's beyond his ability. I mean, maybe you're more in his place. You're in the in crowd. You have affluence and you have options and you have achievement. You have success. But I'm telling you, stuff will hit you in life that is over your head and it makes you desperate. And more than anything else, you need the power of the living, loving God to compassionately pour out on you. You're desperate for him. Now, while they were on the way to Jairus' house, there was a woman who had been suffering for 12 years with a bleeding disease. And in all that suffering, spent all she had. She's kind of the opposite of, of Jairus. She wasn't well-known. She wasn't a leader. Uh, she, she wasn't well-off. She spent everything she had. And still 12 years of, years of suffering. And, and think about it. This, this story juxtapositions. Here's 12 years, uh, a, a little girl. And 12 years of life is, is too young to die. But her 12 years of suffering is too long to suffer. If I could just get to Jesus, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I know he is God. I know the power of God is in him. If I could just get to him, and she did, and she touched the hem of his garment, and, and she was instantly healed. And then Jesus said, 
who touched me? And his disciples are like, what are you talking about? There's a crowd here. Lots are touching you. He says, no, power went out from me. Ooh. What? Yeah, power went out from me. See, when you're supernatural and you created the natural, power goes out from the supernatural to make things happen in the natural. And that moment was supernatural. Power went out. Because who is Jesus? Let me put it on the screen. Jesus is the supernatural source of healing. Amen? Yeah. Just need to know that. The story goes on. Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. What kind of party do you think she and her family had? Are you kidding me? Yay, God, that's amazing. If you've ever experienced Jesus' healing, it's profound, huge party. Yay, Jesus, because... Jesus is the source of supernatural healing. But hang on. In that moment, the story goes on. While Jesus was speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. This high moment of healing. And then the horror of the very reason Jairus went to Jesus. you got to be kidding me. I got Jesus coming to my house. And before he can help, she dies. Come on, now the woman gets healed and I, I lose? What kind of God is that? Oh, your daughter is dead. He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Don't, listen. Sometimes we're that person, but sometimes others are. And the moment we need Jesus, they say, hang on, he could have helped you, but right now it's impossible. Hope is gone to hopeless. Don't bother Jesus anymore. That prayer, that's too big. That's too big. All the time, people breathing fear into your life because it's so far over their head, they assume it's over Jesus' head. Like he could have healed her, but now she's dead, so he can't do anything. Like God has all the power in the world to remove disease, but not death. What are we talking about? What do you believe? How did you get there? I love how Jesus interrupts. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, uh, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. I don't think he said it that casual the way I read it. I think he looked at him and said, listen, 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 don't let somebody else's fear undo your faith. You just believe. My intention is to heal. Went to the house, told most people get out of the room. And that sweet little girl was raised from the dead. Yay, God, right? Yay, God. The power of God to accomplish what only he can accomplish. Jesus is the source of supernatural healing. Write it down. Get it in your head. Get it in your heart. This is what we know to be true about him. Now, we know that's true. A gal named Lisa, I mentioned her in the intro. Lisa, 12 stoner, was diagnosed with lung cancer. She was having difficulty breathing, pain, last February, March. Went to the doctor, did the scan. You have a serious mass here and another mass here on your lungs. It's non-smoking, cancerous. Um, we need to remove your lung. Her 25-year-old son was sitting there with her and her husband, and the doctor looked at her 25-year-old son and said, listen, if you want to be there for his wedding, 
you will have this surgery. I don't know what your quality of life will be afterwards with just one lung, but I know you won't be here unless you get the surgery. It's that serious. Come on now, how terrifying is that? How unsettling. You know what she did next was, I, in fact, I just read her testimony again because we asked her to write it out and detail it and give all the doctor scans. And She said, you know, the next thing I decided is if I'm going to believe in Jesus, I'm going to practice this. So I'm going to go in scripture and get rid of my fear every day. Just go to Jesus and help me get rid of my fear. And then replace it with faith. Figure out who Jesus is. Again, and sometimes when you're in suffering, you got to refigure out. You got to do it again. Like, who is Jesus again? What do I believe? Because fear takes over faith. She went to the C12 and had the college students and others gather around her because someone's a part of it. She came on Holy Week before Easter. Chris Morgan, Simo, prayed over with others, his anointed with oil. She came with faith, said, I believe Jesus can. She went to get her chemo, and she decided when she went there, you know what? I just don't think that I should do this. I think, and I'm not saying this is everybody's case. I'm just telling you her story. This is her testimony. This is Jesus' story. She says, I don't think I should. And went many weeks until her next scan to see the doctor. She had the scan, waited a couple weeks, went to see the doctor, and this was just in the last month. Went to see the doctor, sat down with the doctor. The doctor said, oh, my. She said, what? Well, I don't know what to tell you, but... The mass is gone, and the other one is shrinking, about to disappear. I guess the chemo worked. <laughs> and she said, I didn't take any chemo. He says, well, then I can't explain that. <laughs> Come on now, amen? <laughs> Kindness of God, mercy of God, power of God. In fact, let's just stop right now. Just, just, you may not be a person. You may be gathering, listening. You may not be a person of prayer. That's all right. You could just bow your heads for a moment. But if you are, would you just offer God a thanks on behalf of Lisa and their family? Would you just praise God? Thank you, God. And we praise you. We acknowledge that it is your power. You are the supernatural. How kind and merciful and compassionate that you would heal Lisa. Teach us all how to come to you and beg you to help remove our fear and fill us with faith. Thank you for healing her. Bring honor to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, I've had people I know and love healed. So I know he does. Now, I've seen it in small ways. I was in college in Canada my first year. You know, from you know, a broken home, single mom, in poverty. We had no options. We didn't have uh, health insurance. I'm a thousand miles away in Canada, and my asthma kicks in. The asthma attack uh, rises up. I call my mom. I'm terrified. I, I don't know what to do. I don't have medication. Dear God, help me. And my mom's just, she prayed over the phone. She was a woman of faith. She prayed over the phone. I'm telling you, God removed the asthma attack. And I, just, you don't have to answer it for me. He just healed me. He just, in the moment, I'm not saying he removed all my asthma. He didn't. He just removed the attack. Now, I've been through this. The next year, I was at another university and had the attack and ended up in the emergency room. So I, I know how it works. But I know it was sealed in me. The power of prayer from a person of faith, if I would join in that faith, profound, meaningful, deeply. I, I, I watched when Marsha, 
I was in there in the hospital when she had the bicycle accident and her, and her brain was bruised. And the doctor said to me, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 24 hours, but if you're a person of prayer and you know people who pray, you need to pray. And, and there's no evidence. God graciously brought her through that night and through the next several days. Because when she had the accident, she didn't know me. She said, who are you? It'll mess with you. God was gracious. My grandson, Braden, oxygen deprived, coming through the birth canal. We didn't get to see him because he was rushed by ambulance to downtown Atlanta. And I said to my son, are you going to take advantage of a church that prays? I know we like to keep things private. I know you are more introvert than extrovert. But are you going to let me share this with the church and ask a bunch of people to pray for healing? He said, ask everyone. God healed that little boy. If you were part of that story, little Braden, I know God heals. And this would be the time to stop the teaching. And we all say, yay, God. Say it with me. What? Yay, God. Woo, we're all done. That was teaching all done. Man, that's good. But we can't. Because what about when God says, not yet, not now? We all love to teach the part I've taught. But what about when God says, not now, not yet? What about Scott, our dear brother, who had a stroke last weekend on Saturday afternoon and died Sunday afternoon? We got to have that conversation, don't we? I mean, if we're going to have a conversation, let's have the whole conversation, right? Don't you wish we would have the whole conversation? Because you can't, like, let's not have the whole conversation. Let's have this one, and then we'll all struggle with this privately. My mom had cancer. I mean, I say, Scott, he's in heaven, praise God, but, but he was 55 years old. That's too young. When you're my age, that's young. My mom died at 53. Young. And we prayed for healing, and we had faith, and he did not physically heal her and remove her cancer. My roommate in college died one month before his wedding. What's that? My brother died at 41. So listen, I'm not, I'm not unaware, and I'm not being callous towards suffering and loss and death. I just want to put that in front of us and pause for a moment and take a, 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 a turn in the teaching and come right back to it. So can, can you give me the time? Don't, I'm not being callous. We're going to come right back to it. So can we go this direction and do some teaching and come back? Yes? Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, bring it. Do what? Yeah, yeah, bring it. Bring it on. I don't care. Either one works. So let me go here. When I started in ministry, uh, I was at a church system pastor in Michigan, and the senior pastor and I were friends, and, and we, 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 would, we, would, we had this uh, harmless rivalry where we'd tell stories about each other, um, and he, he, we, were, we, we had a gathering at, at the church, uh, a few hundred people, and little dinner, ministry training night, and uh, uh, Wayne, uh, the senior pastor, he stepped up before me, and he told the story. He said, hey, um, just, you know, set up the evening. Um, we, a couple weeks ago, Kevin and I, Pastor Kevin, PK, uh, 
We, we went to visit uh, Mrs. Arnold. She's a, a, a shut in a nursing home, and she, she, she lost her husband a decade ago, and she wanted us to visit her. And, and so we agreed we'd both do that at her request, sweet lady. Uh, and he, we both we were just busy, and neither one of us got dinner. And, he, and, and in fact, Kevin got there before me and talking with Mrs. Arnold, and he, he's... She has her, you know, a little bowl of, of peanuts there, and, and apparently he starts eating them, just he's hungry, and, and then he said, I showed up, and we're, we're having moments reading scripture, praying over, encouraging her, and, and, and before we're done, Kevin ate all of her peanuts, and, and he said, when we got to the end, I, I said to, you know, I said to, to, to Mrs. Arnold, I said, look, I apologize, uh, we missed dinner, he missed dinner, he couldn't help himself, I realized he ate all your peanuts, and I apologize, and next time we visit you, we'll bring, we'll bring a bunch of peanuts to to reimburse, and she said, oh don't, oh, don't worry about it. Ever since I lost my teeth, I can only suck off the chocolate. <laughs> and, and then in the room, everybody had peanuts, a bowl of peanuts at the table, and he said, uh, those are courtesy of Mrs. Arnold. So <laughs> then I had to step up into that. Now listen, the story is not true. It's totally false. He made it up just to wreck my life because people for weeks and months kept saying, hey, how's those Mrs. Arnold eating peanuts? And I'm like, the, the peanut story's a lie. Okay, it's not true. But listen, I had to defend a lie. Are you listening? I had to defend a what? People tell lies about Jesus all the time. And it's like the church gets stuck defending lies about what it means for Jesus to heal or not heal. Maybe I should say it this way. We get stuck in like infomercial faith. How I many, okay, first I'll own it, and I'll own it for Pastor Jason. How many of you have bought from an infomercial and regretted it? Well, let's start here. Jason and I have bought from infomercials. We, we both talked about we admitted it. He did it when he was in college. He and a bunch of friends all went 10 bucks. And you know J Jason's cheap. If you don't, he's, he's cheap. And he threw 10 bucks in. It was to get this thing that would vibrate and, and electrify your abs so that by the summer you would have six-pack. And he and his friends did that. He said, all we did was suffer. It didn't produce anything. He said, I was so mad I spent that money. I said, you know, I have, like a few months ago, I bought like they were, it was late one night, and I wasn't sleeping, and so I ended up, on, and okay, so, and then they put this wand that would, that would take the place of my pressure washer, so I wouldn't have to always hook it up, you tired of hooking up your pressure washer, I am, you tired of all the work that goes with being able to clean stuff off, I am, do you want something that's better than your nozzle, I do, for 45 bucks, this wand right here will produce the pressure, I'm like, I want it, and I gave my credit card, and I bought it, piece of junk, I mean, such a, it didn't do spies so mad I wanted to send it back but I had pride I'm like I'm gonna send it back I last week I threw it in the trash it just ticks me off I don't know what I was thinking how was a little one gonna produce don't ask did you how many of you have ever bought infomercial come on I just want to see hands somebody is or they wouldn't do it do it again yeah you know what an infomercial is as a rule it it over promises and under delivers I think sometimes we get stuck in infomercial faith. We say just enough about Jesus to overpromise. And then when people buy in and he underdelivers, 
they walk away from their faith. We got to do better than an infomercial faith. And it seems hard to have honest conversations about the power of God to heal. And I'd like to take us into that. Because if your, if your theology of suffering and healing can fit into a tweet, you're probably shallow and shy of the truth. This is a deep and wide subject that needs to be engaged with the faith and belief of a child, but not with childish thinking. So there are things that I think we should know about New Testament faith around healing. I'm going to make a few statements. Here we go. Jesus is the healer. Just get that in your head and your heart. Jesus is the healer. And when Jesus walked the earth, God and human flesh, the Holy Spirit was in him and through him. And when Jesus said, you are healed, they were healed. 100% of the time, everyone, all the time. It was profound. And it demonstrated he was the Messiah from God. And the compassion of God for us in a world suffering and sin and sorrow and disease and all that goes with it. Second statement. What is equally true is every person was healed temporarily. I want you to just layer these. Every person that was healed was healed temporarily. You'll see why this is important. See, everyone that Jesus healed eventually got sick again and eventually died. Nobody lived a suffering-free life. They all died 100%. Though supernaturally healed, they eventually physically died. That doesn't diminish the healing. What it demonstrates is that healing on earth is not permanent. It's temporary. What is equally true, physical healing is not the ultimate healing plan. It is not his ultimate healing plan. Just keep listening. Just layer this. By his stripes, we are healed. It was predominantly leaning into sin and Satan and death were destroyed. We were forgiven of our sins, restored to our heavenly father. And by his stripes, we are healed. Spiritually healed. Soul level. Eternity with him. Equally it is the heart of God that we would not suffer, but we will suffer because we live in a world of sin. And while it is often the desire and the heart of God to heal us and relieve us of suffering, he's a loving father. This is not a suffering free world. And he's never promised that you would have a suffering free life. And there's weight in the collection of these truths. So eternal healing in heaven is the ultimate healing that is the ultimate healing. And that's the healing he ultimately promised. Equally true, Jesus still heals. Hang on. You stop right there. Well, Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Yes, he does. 
He not only healed when he walked the earth, his disciples did heal, and the early church did heal. I've seen Jesus heal. God still, Jesus still heals. Yes? You understand? He still heals. So you're invited to come to him like Jairus did for his daughter, like, like the woman, like Lisa. Come to him. We pray over people to be healed, and we see that God still heals people. It's profound. Next, equally true. Paul prayed for healing. And in one specific area of his life, Jesus said, not now, not yet. You see, you got to layer all this. You got to get the whole picture. He said, not now, not yet. Huh. See, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, is called thorn in the flesh. That's how he described it. We really don't know. <laughs> and, what, and what apparently, because Paul wrote it, his experience with God was, I want relief from this and from the suffering. This is my thorn in the flesh. Heal me. And, and the Spirit of God, after three times of pleading and begging, said, not now, not yet. Now, I'm going to translate that. God intends to heal Paul, just not now, not yet. Hang on. Could be a month, could be a year, could be five years, could be an eternity. But I promise you, Paul, you're going to get healed. Just not now, not yet. And we need the whole perspective. So let's look at the scripture, what Paul prayed. Three times I pleaded. Three times I pleaded. Three times I what? Man, when you're suffering, plead. Come before God. Beg him. Chris Morgan and I, we were talking about this, and he, he said, you know, he didn't come to Jesus, if it be your will, I don't really care, do it or don't do it, heal me, don't heal me, help me, don't help me, I don't care. That's not how he came. Man, you come and you're suffering, and you come to him, and he is a compassionate father, supernaturally powerful, omnipotent, and so three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace, my strength, my what? My strength, my what? Strength. I'll do it one more time and then we can all join in. My what? Strength. My strength. Which isn't our strength. Our strength is natural. His is supernatural. My strength is sufficient for you for my power. God's power. Supernatural. My power, God says. My power in you. That's where this is going. My power is made perfect in weakness. I want you to stay with me. Paul was in anguish, and we don't know what the thorn was. So let me read what one author wrote, uh, one commentary. Countless explanations concerning the nature of Paul's thorn in the flesh have been offered. They range from incessant temptation, dogged opponents, chronic maladies such as malaria, migraine headaches, and epilepsy to a disability in speech. No one can say for sure what his was, but it probably was a physical affliction. So this is what I want you to hear. When Jesus did not grant Paul supernatural healing, he gave him supernatural strength. Okay, you didn't get fired up. But you should. When God said to Paul, not yet, not now, but I'm not going to leave you there in your suffering on your own. I'm going to give you supernatural strength. I'm going to give you supernatural power to walk in that and through that. And it wasn't less of God. It was all of God. 
I have something for you, Paul. And we're doing this walk together. And I'm going to give you strength to do what you could never do on your own. This is profound. It is the strength to do wise, smart, healthy, holy, good things, even in the midst of suffering. Oh, come on, let's, let's put, Jesus is the supernatural source of healing, and Jesus is the supernatural source of what? Strength. And if the mystery of the divine, our gracious Father, and our compassionate Lord, and the power of the Holy Spirit, whispers into your world and says like he did Paul, not now, not yet. Not now, not yet. Well, then keep asking. But until he does, here or hereafter, he'll give you supernatural strength. And I think we're not having the conversation. I think we're pretending, well, if he didn't heal me and do everything just as I asked, there's nothing in Scripture that gives me any guidance. When Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, what's he talking about? Look, I've had feasts and I've had famine. I did need God's strength to endure a feast. I needed God's strength to endure a famine. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I have the power of God to walk through something that if he chooses not to heal, I had full faith for it. And Paul had full faith. And God says, no. Not yet, not now, but don't worry. My equal gift is I will give you strength. I'm walking with you. I'm not leaving you on your own. You don't suffer on your own when you walk with Jesus. There is the power of God in and through you. We, we got to get a full view of faith. Let me just keep going because we're loving this, I can tell. Jesus, listen, Jesus never promised to heal us from all suffering while on earth, nor that we'd escape suffering or death. On earth. Yes, there is an element of mystery. I get that. This is not mechanical, it's supernatural, it's spiritual. God's not a candy machine, it's not a mechanism. You don't have a formula and a recipe. But He never promised. Hang on. He never promised you'd have a suffering free life. Ever. How can we expect a suffering-free life from the Jesus who suffered in this life? And some of us have formed a faith that if he doesn't make life suffering-free, we're not going to follow. That he somehow failed. Because that's an infomercial faith. Stay with me. Parents, what are you teaching your kids when you go read this story of Jairus, you should teach Jesus heals. But then we're having a bigger conversation. And sometimes I wonder, I wonder if an infomercial faith isn't setting us up to be future atheists. See, if you conclude that if Jesus doesn't heal, then Jesus isn't real. Well, when he doesn't do what you want, you just walk away from your faith. 
If you conclude that your God has to give you a suffering-free life to be God and you won't follow him otherwise, this is not the God who created you. That's the God you created. And listen, we all eventually become atheists of the God we create. Because that's a disappointing God eventually. I don't know Ted Turner, but pieces I've read of his story is that when he was young, his sister died of lupus. How horrific. And his father turned on Jesus, on Christianity, and so did Ted. Which is interesting. Because that must mean that you concluded that Jesus made a promise that you would live a suffering-free life, and if not, then you walk away from him. And that is not what Scripture teaches. There's no suffering-free life. So we will all eventually become atheists of the God we created. And sometimes I wonder, just the thought, I wonder if the reason between 18 and 25 you walk away from your faith is that you had a childhood faith that did not grow up into the depth of Scripture so that once you hit the adult life, it doesn't hold up. Not because Jesus isn't true, but because you had an infomercial faith. And it didn't deliver as soon as you hit real life. Here's the truth of the matter. He never promised a suffering-free life on earth. He promised a suffering-free eternity in heaven, praise God. And that's what's coming. Look at Revelation. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. No, hold on. no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Praise God. Heaven is coming, and we will all be healed. Listen, God did not heal my mom of cancer on earth, but she knew Jesus, and when she died, she went to be with Jesus, and she has been healed. And I promise you, if you asked her to come back, she'd say, no, thank you. Y'all come see me. <laughs> Scott, over at the Snellville campus, man, my heart for Yvonne's wife. We have his picture. Um, listen, Scott, just a man of God, Incredibly fit, a witness for Christ, serving at the campus, uh, marking people's lives. Yvonne, Hope, his daughter Elise, Hope and Elise, may, may our hearts go out to you. May you are in pain and grief, and we are with you. Now we got to say the truth. God answered Scott's prayers of ultimate healing because he's with Jesus. And I think that if you ask Scott today, you want to come back, he'll say, no, thank you. Y'all come see me. That's what he's going to say. But that doesn't mean we aren't grieving here. This scripture says we grieve. Just we don't grieve like the world as people who have no hope. We have hope. So pause with me. Would you pray with me over Yvonne and Hope and Elise, Father, thank you for Scott's life and his legacy. Thank you for the favor over his life and the influence for your kingdom. Thank you for how you walked with him and drew him to you. God, we had no idea he would not be with us in this last week. We pray over Yvonne and you would strengthen her and comfort her, come alongside her. We love her, her church family. We care for her over her daughters. Man, I, I, God, I know as a dad, it's just, oh, 
that, that they look at their future and they're like, God, how do you let this happen? I, I know there's weight and grief, but God, bring comfort. Remind them that you're now their father in a way unlike you were before. It's unique and distinct, your commitment and calling and compassion for them. Raise them up, come alongside them, strengthen them, give them a peace that passes understanding. We weep with those who weep. Now be merciful to them, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen, church? Listen, Jesus sometimes says, listen, not now, not yet, but I will. So what do you do? Here's what you do. If you need healing, come to Jesus. In full faith, get rid of your fear, come with faith. We're going to have a moment of prayer today. You come in full faith. If by his divine design, not by you, because you don't say not now, not yet. Don't tell Jesus not now, not yet. You can't. He can't. But if he says not now, not yet, well, then he will give you supernatural strength. All right. Now I'm past my time. And that's really unfortunate because I have one more thing that I wanted to say. The rest of the campuses are like, don't bring it. This room said bring it, so I'm going to bring it. Last thought. Last thought. And I wrestle with this. I, 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 you wouldn't believe the hours I spent trying to, to get the mind of God for, for you, for us. Um, supernatural strength has always been one of the more profound things. God has done healing in me emotionally in the background and baggage of my past and brokenness. Uh, but he, listen, I think we underappreciate the supernatural strength of God. And I think people think, I've, I've experienced it most of my life as an adult, that they think because pastor is in my title that it's easy. That doing wise, smart, healthy, holy, good things is easy. When in fact the easiest thing to do is stupid things and add to your own suffering. Except for the strength of God. So I wrote something. I'm going to read it and then we'll close. John Maxwell uh, has said, everything worthwhile is uphill. And it's uphill for everyone. Now, I grew up in a family who went to church but did the downhill easy things more than the uphill hard things, the unwise, stupid, unhealthy, unholy things. We knew the truth but did not have the strength to make ourselves crawl out of dysfunction and do uphill wise things. We knew the truth, but we could not live the truth. To my point, I can know that spending less than I make is the key to financial health, but if I don't have the strength to do it, I'll be in financial health. I know porn will destroy my sex life and soul, but if I don't have the strength to admit it and battle it, even, even if I stumble, still fight it, then I'll self-destruct. I, I, if I know that selfishness destroys a marriage and selflessness builds a marriage, but I don't have the strength to get past myself and consistently put my spouse first, my marriage will be miserable. If I know my kids need me, their dad, to be a godly man, but I don't have the strength of character to step up and instead act like an emotional boy, my family will suffer greatly. If I... If, if I know real men keep their word, but I, ex I excuse myself, my life will eventually collapse. The strength to actually do wise, smart, healthy, holy, good things is what makes the difference. The strength to do it is what makes the difference. My life growing up was not ruined because my family did not know the truth. It's because we lacked the strength to live the truth. 
I've now lived six decades. My children did not know the experience of my brokenness I grew up in. They don't know the emotional abuse or abandon, not the pretense or the poverty, nor the fear, nor the hopelessness of it all. And that's all due to God's strength. God's what? Strength. See, God did more than heal my emotions and wounds. He gave supernatural strength to Marsha and me. Strength to do wise, smart, healthy, holy, good things. Perfectly, of course not. I'm too flawed. But all that to say, don't overlook God's supernatural gift of strength. It is no small thing. So in addition to all of today's teaching, I want to ask. In fact, I want to encourage. I want to add. Ask God for the supernatural strength to do more than just endure. Ask for the strength to help you go uphill to worthwhile things. Amen. Amen. Stand with me, would you? Stand with me here. Stand with me at all the campuses. I know we don't normally close like this. But would you stand at all the campuses? Maybe at Tolstone Home you need to stand. Maybe you're on your own listening in the online community. Listen, church, the Spirit of God is with us today. And the weight of this teaching. And I want to encourage you. We're going to give you a moment at the close of the service. And we want to pray over you if, if you need that. And you can go on your way and pray and see God. But if you need prayer, you, you come forward and we're going to pray. And you should come with full faith if you're in need of healing. Listen, if you're in need of healing, come. We'll pray over you. It would be just like Jesus to heal you. Come with full faith. And without excusing the power of God or lightening it, if he says, not now, not yet, then he will give you supernatural strength. Do not make light of that strength. And maybe the thing you come for prayer over is you say, could you just pray over me that God will give me strength? I'm going downhill in things that I should be going uphill. I'm doing unwise when it should be wise. I'm doing stupid when I should be smart. I'm doing unhealthy when I should go after healthy. I'm doing unholy when I should walk in holy. So campus pastors are stepping up. We're going to have a moment of closing prayer and then invite you to prayer. Oh, gracious God, wake us up to the truth of your supernatural power. Campus pastors, would you lead us in prayer? Thank you again for spending time with us today. A special thanks to those of you who generously give through 12 Stone. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. And if you want to learn more about 12 Stone, make sure you follow us on social at 12 Stone Church and check out a location or a watch party near you. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you could subscribe, share it with your friends, hit the share button, or even take a screenshot and throw it in your social stories. And make sure to tag 12 Stone Church. Let it be a blessing to somebody else. Thank you again, and we'll catch you on the next one.